Well, I just want to welcome everyone here to Embrace at all of our campuses. We're so excited that you're here. To put it lightly, we're thrilled. We are absolutely thrilled that you've come. My name is Adam. I'm one of the pastors here. I'm just personally humbled uh, to get a chance to worship with you. A couple of cool things to share. Starting today, as of today, we have two new churches that are joining us via video, which is awesome. We now have three churches uh, total that join us every single week for worship. So I want to welcome the two new churches. I'm going to share more about those uh, the next couple of Sundays. I also want to share this. A couple of years ago, the young men from McCrossin Boys Ranch, if you don't know McCrossin Boys Ranch, is a place for young men outside of Sioux Falls to get their lives back on track. And a couple of years ago, they started joining us via video for worship. Well, a couple of months back, we reached out and just asked how it was going. And they said, honestly, uh, we haven't been doing so for some time now. And we just said, you know, gosh, why? Is there a reason? And they said, the technology we have is just not very good. Our equipment's old, our computer's old, the, the TV and screen never seems to work. And so it's just honestly just kind of been a, like a frustration. And so we said, hey, uh, could we provide that for you? And so we looked into the cost. It was a fairly good price tag. And I was like, how can we possibly make this happen? Right now we're on the Dave Ramsey budget as a church, so we don't have a lot of extra here and there, just trying to be wise, trying to get savings saved up. And so I was just like, how do we make this possible? Well, the next day I ended up meeting with a gal from the church, and she shared and just asked, what are you excited about right now at Embrace? And I said, gosh, there's this one thing that I would love to see happen. I just don't know how we can make it happen. And she said, I'd love to hear more about that. And so I told her some more about what we're looking into. Well, two days later, she sent me an email and just said, I'd love to know the price tag on that because uh, I want to cover it. And so I'm so excited to share that as of today, uh, the young men at Macross and Boys Ranch are back with us for worship. And for me, in my eyes, I see it as the VIPs uh, here today. And so if you would, at all campuses, can we put it up for the young men? Just praying for you guys and just so excited uh, that you're getting your life back on track and know that we'll be praying for you uh, as a church, but we are overjoyed that you've decided to come and worship with us here today. Now, it's kind of random to share, uh, but my, my kids, and I have four kids, my kids, they have these questions that they tend to ask my wife and I uh, roughly 6,000 times every single day. I'm not sure if you're a parent and that makes sense, but they just have questions that are almost on repeat. Questions like, do we have to? Do we have to? Other questions like, can you buy this for me? Last week, no kidding, one of my sons said, Dad, uh, I, just, I just want to ask, do you have a million dollars? And I said, son, I am a pastor. I do not have a million dollars. But there's other questions like, can you tell my sister to leave me alone because I hate her? And I said, we don't have hate in this family, and so she can't leave you alone. And they'll, they'll have another question, can we have a treat? It's like we have a zoo or something like that, and they want us to throw, like, pieces of corn towards them. Then this last week, uh, this last week, we spent over 14 hours together as a family in our minivan. Maybe pray for our family, if you would. Uh, 14 hours in a minivan, and I honestly cannot even begin to count how many times they asked, how many minutes are left? We started the, the journey back last Thursday, a five-and-a-half-hour drive, and no kidding, five minutes into the journey, they started asking, how many minutes are left? I'm like, I'm going to kill all of you. And so there's, there's these questions, but there's a, the, this other question that my kids tend to ask me all the time, and it's a simple question. They ask, do you promise? Do you promise? It's like, can we go swimming today? I'll say yes They'll say, do you promise? Can we play Fortnite after lunch? I'll say, yes, 
do you promise? Will you wash my clothes today? Yes, do you promise, Dad? We'll end up driving around in circles around town. They'll ask me, Dad, are we ever going to go home? And I will say in a few hours, do you promise? And oftentimes, though, my response is, what in the world? Do you think that your mother and I are lying to you? Like, we have a fairly good track record of keeping our word. Why do you keep asking, do you promise? Even with food, the kids will ask, do you, do you think, are we ever going to eat? Are we ever going to eat? It's like we've been starving our kids for months. Yes, do you promise? Seriously, though, in 12 years, 11 years, I can't ever remember a time that we didn't feed our kids. Like, they have been well-fed their entire life, and yet they are still questioning, and they are still asking, and they are still wondering, do you promise? Do you promise? Before we move on, one quick confession I have to say. With our oldest kids, we were definitely helicopter parents. I'm not sure if you've ever been there. Like their schedules were untouchable. Their schedules were more important than our schedules. We cut up jello even so they wouldn't choke if they cried. We, we were there. But now that we have four kids, there has been a few times that we've left our house only to realize that everyone in the entire family ate except our youngest son, Anderson. And uh, when this happens, I usually say, hey, buddy, dad Googled it. You can last a good three weeks without food. You will be just fine. No, I'm kidding. Now, when you open up the Bible, though, uh, one of the themes that you will hear about over and over again is the declaration that our God is faithful. You'll see it all over. In the Old Testament, there's the classic words from Jeremiah found in Lamentations. The faithful love of the Lord never ceases. And, and great is his faithfulness. And his mercies are afresh each morning. And then in the New Testament, there's the words of a guy like Paul. Paul says the Lord is faithful. And he will strengthen you and he will guard you from the evil one. Again, over and over and over, like countless times, you will hear when you read through the Bible, our God is faithful. He is faithful from one generation to the next, and great is your faithfulness, O oh God. And so that's wonderful, right? And it's fantastic. And yet I know for myself, I just got to say that so often, so much of what I see and so much of what I feel says something so completely different. I mean, whether it's walking through a trial like cancer, whether it's losing a job, whether it's another miscarriage, whether it's finances here and there, whether it's broken relationships, whether it's being wrongly accused, whether it's, it's being cheated on and stabbed in the back, just the times of life when life just seems to punch you right in the face. I just have to be honest. Instead of declaring God's faithfulness from the deepest part of who I am, what I want to ask is where in the heck are you, God? Instead of declaring great is your faithfulness from one generation to the next, I just want to ask, what is your plan in all of this? Instead of just saying, oh God, great is your faithfulness, honestly, from the pit of who I am, the questions that I ask and I want to ask is, God, I thought you loved me. And can you hear me? And where are you? And you seem completely absent from my life. You don't seem to hear a single word that I say. And again, instead of declaring great is your faithfulness, oh God, instead, oftentimes I just have all these questions. And so we hear about God's faithfulness on Sundays and we read about it in the Bible, but sometimes just being honest, I can't see it around me. And there just appears to be this gap between what I believe and what I can feel. So often, just being brutally honest, so often there just appears to be this gap between what I sing about on Sunday and what I experience in my life. 
So often there just appears to be this gap between the words that I read in the Bible and the things that I experience Monday through Saturday. There just appears to be this gap and I just have questions and doubts and sometimes I'm just flat out angry at God and I just got to ask, have you ever felt this way? Honestly, across campuses, I just want to challenge you. I just want to see hands. Have you ever just questioned the faithfulness of God? Ever just had a moment where you're just wondering, where are you? Again, across all campuses, if you haven't raised your hand, we call that lying. <laughs> Have you ever just questioned God's faithfulness? And so for this series, maybe a good first question for us to ask is, what does it mean that God is faithful? Like, what does it mean when we say that great is your faithfulness, oh God? I mean, does it mean that life is going to be great? At least for those of us who love God? And does it mean that we're never going to face trials and hardships and just being totally blunt? Does it mean that life is never going to suck? Because if I'm honest, so often that's what I translate great is thy faithfulness to mean. But here's the truth, though. When we say that God is faithful, what this simply and fully means is that God does what he says he's going to do. When we say that God is faithful from one generation to the next, what we're simply and fully saying is that God does what he says he's going to do. Like what God says, it happens. And so to be clear, this doesn't mean that life is going to be great. I mean, Jesus himself in the Gospels actually said, here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows. My translation, in this life at times things will suck. But it goes on to, to say, thankfully, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Be encouraged because I have overcome all things. And so again, when we say that God is faithful, it means that God does what he says he's going to do. But one step further in our focus for today, when we say that God is faithful, it means that even when the future is completely uncertain, and even when things in life are constantly changing, and even when the people around us are wishy-washy, and they say one thing, and they do another, ever met someone like that before, even still in the midst of all of that, when we say that God is faithful, it means that our God, he is steady, he is reliable, he is constant, and get this, in the midst of life itself, God's promises are true, and they can be trusted. In the midst of all the uncertainty, in the midst of all the craziness which we call life, again, God's promises are true and they can be trusted. For how long? Forever. Now, I'm not sure that I even have to say it, but when it comes to the future being uncertain, that pretty much sums up life, doesn't it? I mean, with finances, they come and go. With our job and our career, I never cease to be amazed by how, how they can change in a moment and relationships and family and things with our kids and trying to have kids. And is this one thing going to happen or not? Is this business deal going to ever go through? Like on any given day, so much is uncertain. And I've found that with life, that it can all completely change so quickly. And so speaking of God's faithfulness, one of my favorite psalms is Psalm 36. If you have your Bible, just want to encourage you to open up to Psalm 36. And to give us the quick backstory on this, this psalm was written by a guy named David. And David was told and he was promised by God that he would become the king of Israel. Which is great, except for the fact that the current king was a guy named Saul. And Saul was incredibly jealous of David. And even though David tried and he thought that he was Saul's friend on multiple occasions, Saul tried to kill David. And you thought your friends were messed up, right? But hear this, it's believed that David wrote this psalm, Psalm 36, during one of the times that Saul was trying to kill him. And when the future was just a touch uncertain, he speaks 
these words. And so David starts the psalm by talking about the wicked people. And listen to what he says starting in verse, verse 3 of Psalm 36. David says, with the wicked people, everything they say is crooked and deceitful. They refuse to act wisely or do good. They lie awake at night hatching sinful plots. Their actions are never good. They attempt, they make no attempt to turn from evil. I just got to quickly ask, does anyone know anyone like this? Maybe a mother-in-law, maybe your ex. Okay, sorry to bring about those feelings. So that's the wicked people. But then in verse 5, listen to what David says about God. Listen to what he says about God. Starting in verse 5, David says, Your unfailing love, O Lord, is as vast as the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches beyond the clouds. Skip into verse 7. How precious is your unfailing love, O God. All humanity finds shelter in the shadow of your wings, and you feed them from the abundance of your own house. Again, just to remind us, someone is trying to kill David. It's not his finances or relationship that's uncertain here. It's his very life. And yet in the midst of it all, David declares, oh Lord, your faithfulness, it reaches beyond the clouds. Translation, David is saying, even when the future is completely uncertain, that God's faithfulness, it has no limits. Even when the future is completely uncertain, his faithfulness, it has no boundaries. Even when the future is completely uncertain, God's faithfulness, hear this, it has no end. It has no end. And so for the rest of our time today, I just want to share three simple promises from these verses. In this series, we're talking about the faithfulness of God, but ultimately what we're talking about is God's promises. So today I just want to share three simple truths, three simple promises that we can remember when the future is uncertain in our own life. And so get this, the first truth is this. The future might be uncertain, but God's love isn't. Again, the future might be uncertain. Maybe you're standing in a place of uncertainty right now. You're like, where did I get to this place? How am I here? I don't know what even tomorrow brings. The future, it might be uncertain, but again, God's love isn't. David basically tells us that everything in life might change moment to moment. Our job, relationship status, our popularity, our friends, even our lives. And yet the loyal, unfailing love of God, it's as vast as the heavens. And that might sound cute and fuzzy, right? Maybe for the adults, it's like, man, that's, that's cute and nice for Sunday school, but that honestly feels empty and it doesn't really help me. And yet I've found in my own life, there is nothing better than to know that we are loved by God. You might say, that just sounds kind of empty, but hear this, when life hits the fan, and after our biggest screw-up, and when the person who said they'd love us till death walks away, and when we've totally failed, and our business seems to fall apart, our God is still there, and his love for us, it is unfailing. It's unchanging. It's kind of random, but something that not everyone knows about Embrace is that Three years in as a church, we were almost closed. And for years now, we've been growing and growing and cool things are happening. It's even the church has joined us today. I honestly can't even believe that. But for three years, we tried everything to get above 100 people in, in church, 100 people in worship so we could be self-sustaining and yet we still weren't growing. And I was basically told that if we don't grow, the church, it will have to be closed. And did I mention, I did not want to start a church and did I mention that I didn't even want to be a pastor? And yet I grew to love this church more than I ever thought I could possibly love a church and the people in it so much. But if I'm brutally honest, though, those first three years, I took it personally that we weren't growing. I took it personally 
I mean, you didn't have to tell me. I knew that I was a rookie preacher who wasn't very good. You didn't have to tell me, but I just knew that there were so many other better pastors in town. I, I had never done this. I had never done that. You didn't have to tell me. I knew that I was so inadequate, totally inadequate to lead anyone, even myself. And at times, I felt paralyzed, and I questioned everything about myself. All the while, this church that I loved, its future was totally uncertain. And yet, in the midst of it all, what I kept hearing from the voice of God is, Adam, I still love you. Adam, I'm still for you. Adam, I can use you even when you don't feel like you can be used. I am still there. And get this, Adam, whether the church explodes and it goes up into the right or it completely falls apart, hear this, my love for you is unchanging. It's unchanging. One more time, the future, it might be uncertain, but if, if you miss everything else, God's love for us isn't. It's as vast as the heavens. David's like, I can't explain it. It's as fast as you can see. So that's the first promise from these verses. And then secondly, get this, the future might be uncertain, but God's protection isn't. Again, the future, it might be uncertain. Again, you might be staying in a season of total uncertainty. The future might be uncertain, but God's protection isn't. Again, David tells us that all humanity... Find shelter in the shadow of his wings. All humanity finds refuge near and under God. And in these verses, what I hear David saying to us is that in life, storms will come. And at times, the storms of life will be brutal. And you might even have friends like, 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 like Saul that will try and kill you. I mean, the future might be uncertain, but through it all, God is faithful. He is our shelter. He is our refuge. And he will protect us. I mean, get this. We wouldn't call God our shelter if there wasn't going to be some storms in life. When you read through the Bible, you wouldn't find the, the, the title for God as our refuge if there wasn't, in fact, going to be a storm or two that comes our way. With this, it's kind of random. A few years back, Beck and I were up north at our tiny little lake cabin, and I was weeding, uh, and, and, and off in the distance, I randomly noticed that there was this, this front coming our way, and I, I didn't think anything of it. I was like, man, I didn't hear anything about it on the radio, another thing on the news. Like, I didn't, there's, it, maybe it's just a, like a simple rain, and so I didn't think about it. So I kept weeding, and a, moment, a few moments later, I, I lift my head up, and the storm is right there. And even still, I'm like, okay, this doesn't seem like that big of a deal. Like, I don't think it'll be that big of a deal. And so I turn the weed eater off, and I start walking to the lake cabin. About halfway there, I start running to the lake cabin. And it's not that far of a distance. By the time I got to the front door of the lake cabin, it was blowing so hard that I struggled to close the door behind me. So I came in. The kids were already berserk. They're bawling and, and screaming. We went into the bathroom, the only room without windows. And we just, we just sat there. We just stood there. I'll never forget just the wind and waves that day. I mean, just, just looking at the lake, it was crazy. And just this, the rain was just beating and beating against us. We found out later there was actually a person a few mile, miles away that I was actually killed by the storm. And yet through this storm, our little cabin, it just remained constant. It remained untouched and it remained unmoved. It was just this place of shelter, this place of refuge. I just got to say so often that sounds like life, doesn't it? There's just these storms that you never heard about, like you didn't even know were coming, like you didn't even predict them, that just kind of showed up out of nowhere. 
these storms that were just brutal, they, they came so quickly and, they, and then they just stayed. It was like they just like kind of settled right over your house and your life. And they just kept beating and beating and beating against you. And, and there's so much uncertainty in, in these storms of life. And yet if we don't know, hear this, our God, he wants and he offers to be our shelter. God, he wants and he offers to be our refuge. And no matter the storm, he will protect us. He will protect us. One more time, the future might be uncertain, but God's protection isn't. And so again, the future might be uncertain, but God's love and his protection isn't. And then lastly, looking at the words from David, we can also know that the future might be uncertain, but God's provision isn't. The future might be uncertain, but God's provision isn't. In our verses, David declares that God feeds us and he cares for us from the abundance of his house. David's basically speaking the words of Jesus from the book of Matthew here. And he's telling us that there's no need to worry. Why? Because our heavenly father, he knows all of our needs and he loves to provide. Do not worry. There's no need to, to worry. And, and this week I just thought about these words from David here. And I'm like, how is he able to say these words? How is he able to declare this in the midst of his very life being uncertain? Yet get this, how he's able to say this by looking back at his life and remembering the countless times and the countless situations that God has already provided for him in the past. And I don't know about you, but in my own life, there are so many things that I question and there's so many things that I doubt and there's so many things that I ask why about. And yet I look at God's track record in my life and I honestly have to say that his track record, it is perfect. Just to encourage us, if we don't know, we have a God who when there seems to be no way out, he makes a way. We have a God who when we seem to be all out of options, he provides for us the very best options. When it appears like we are hopeless and we are doomed, this is when God shows up and he moves like never before. Never before. He moves like never before. So just to sum up everything we've covered today, the future might be uncertain, Again, maybe that's where we are right now. Just at all campuses, we might be at a place of uncertainty. We're walking through this health situation, our marriage. It just feels uncertain right now. Our job, our finances, just every, like this deal that we've been hoping, like school, like all these different things might be totally uncertain. And I know I said it earlier, but oftentimes uncertainty in my own life, it almost paralyzes me. I find myself consumed with worry and doubt and questions and I'm just paralyzed. But again, the future might be uncertain, but God's love for us isn't. The future might be uncertain, but God's protection isn't. The future might be uncertain, but God's provision in our life isn't. Going back to my kids and the question they constantly ask, do you promise? I found in my own life that as adults, we ask God the same exact question, only we ask this question many more times than our kids do. We wake up and it's the question we're constantly asking, do you promise? Do you promise? With my job, do you promise? With my kid, do you promise? With my life, do you you promise? And what we're ultimately asking is, can I trust you? Can can I rely on you? Can Can I take you at your word and all these questions are God? He says, yes, you can trust me. I am constant, I am unchanging. I do exactly what I say I'm going to do. Let's pray. Gracious Father, Heavenly King, we are thankful for who you are. And we declare whether we feel it or not that great is your faithfulness, oh God. Great is your faithfulness. I pray for all of us who are in a season of uncertainty right now, that we cling to you. When we have no options left, that we'd run to you. 
when we have all options on the table that we'd run to you. When we're questioning you in our doubts, in our fears, in our worries, we would run to you and we'd hold on to you, our shelter, our rock, our refuge. Lord, we love you. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.